welcome to season five of the Spotlight series, Don't Just Survive, Thrive. This podcast was born out of the 2020 global pandemic. Season one was launched to help people through the pandemic. Season two focused more on work-related issues such as HR, marketing and leadership. Season three and four centred on startup founders and tech leaders, revealing the secrets to their success. The focus of season five is about how technology can have a positive impact on people and planet. My name is Nicola Steele, founder of JJP Talent Solutions, an Australian IT recruitment company. I've had the privilege of talking to numerous tech leaders over the last 20 plus years and love sharing their stories and insights. I hope you enjoy listening. But challenges, we all like to hear about people's challenges. What would you say was your, were your main ones and how did you overcome them? I think it's actually the spinal cord injury in itself was, uh, so I'm going to say before I had the injury, I had no idea what life was like for a person with a spinal cord. I never thought about it, right? I used to see someone using a wheelchair and I thought, okay, that, that must be tough, but uh, I never actually understood the depth of what that meant. I never understood, oh, wow, like, you know, when there's uneven surfaces on their stairs, how do you get them out? How do you get in and out of the wheelchair into a car or, or a bed? Uh, what if you lose the use of computers? How do you hold things and how do you really do things? So, there were all these surface things that I still didn't understand. There were deeper things like, you know, I can't control my body temperature anymore. And um, so when, when it comes to winter and when it comes to other things, like it gets really hot and cold, um, the blood pressure drops. Uh, I was just telling someone earlier, actually, when I eat something, my blood pressure can really drop. So when I'm at work and I eat much, and I just mix, eat the right things. So, there are all these physical things and there are all these social things around it, like um, money and family and friends and relationships, even healthcare and education. So there's so much around it. Mm-hmm. So I think um, figuring out life with the spinal cord injury is probably the, the biggest challenge was. The two main problems that you said there the first one seemed more of an economic problem. Yeah, it is. It's a commercial issue mm. uh, from the price of energy. Uh, but the other one is, I guess, more of a technical type issue yeah. that you can resolve. So how does CQ Solar's technology help solve those problems? Well, instead of putting them in, like, Christmas lights. Uh, so in if you imagine the Christmas lights are like a single lane highway with every single panel stacked up behind it, behind its neighbour, and it can only go as fast as the slowest panel, and that's why you get such big losses. So if one of them's dirty or dusty or broken, it takes down the rest of the power because it can only go as fast as that slow panel. Um, our technology mathematically separates them out so that it acts like a multi-lane highway. It acts like each one is independent. And it 
what it does what we call string balancing. So it automatically balances all the strings, automatically balances all the panels all at once. And that that hasn't been done before as far as we know. Um, and allows what they call a DC bus to be created before the inverter. And it may, it, it just simplifies. So firstly, it, if there were a broken panel within the system, it would only take out that one panel. So the rest of them wouldn't be affected. And then on top of that, we have monitoring on the whole. So we can tell when certain panels are doing certain things. Um, it comes down to you can tell because we have one second data. So we're collecting one second data on every single solar panel over an entire solar farm. And we can tell exactly what's happening all the way down to one second. Um, and on top of that, you, uh, you, you can then simplify battery usage on a solar farm. Right now, putting batteries on a solar farm is very complicated because of the way the battery inputs are. They generally do need to go from DC to AC and then plug your battery into the AC, and that becomes very complicated. Um, we can keep everything on DC and put the battery directly on DC. So that means you can have a grid battery, something, you know, just an enormous grid battery that doesn't have the complications of what we currently have with solar batteries. Yeah, yes, all on batteries. Brain training. How can we improve workplace wellness, performance, sport performance, um, and sleep performance? How can brain training help you improve those aspects? Uh, I guess the biggest thought, the most powerful thing when you're using EG is the ability to know what state you're in and then mm. give you feedback. So when you're in the flow state uh, or if you're in the right sleep state, um, we can apply feedback. And by feedback, I mean when, when your brain frequencies reach that right state, we can turn on audio feedback. So music will play. Um, so it can be an instrument. It can go up and down like the tone. It can also be the volume up and down as well. So, yeah, there's a combination of those two is what makes it so powerful. Uh, the... the Accelerated learning using neurofeedback is, can be up to almost 10 times faster um, when you're learning a skill. Yeah, it's, it's quite a big increase. So it's between two to 10 times faster. And two times faster is the older we get, the more baggage we've got. So it's harder to <laughs> undo the problems. Uh, the kids, if kids use it, they're 10 times faster. So if we're teaching them a skill, let's just say golf, used yeah. to take a thousand reps to get uh, to teach a skill you can do it in about 100 to 150 reps so it's a yeah it's a big improvement wow um, the older yeah. you get it gets closer to four to five hundred balls yeah four to five hundred shots what's the future vision for 2030 so we want to well, be going... to the olympics <laughs> Global. So like you said, when it comes to partnerships, it's not just so obviously we're doing e-commerce to focus. I want to be, um, you know, let's say the Olympics, having, you know, every attendee there with with an, a, a co-branded product, um, electric cars, you know, Mercedes co-branded products. I want to be, um, you know, creating things that um, that can go into all 
you know, all avenues of, of, you know, good impact sort of things. So for us, Sol and Sonda, the, the 2033 plan, we're global. We've got partnerships with big organisations. We're driving change. We've probably, you know, well and truly on our way to to getting our goal of leading the way of renewable energy, uh, fashionable renewable energy by that stage. And, uh, and yeah, we've got Lots of lots of goals. Uh, it's uh, it's really exciting just seeing the opportunities and just the feedback and the amount of feedback that I've been getting. You know, my product only landed a couple of weeks ago, so I think it's a uh, very exciting things ahead. What do you think over the all these years? What would you say, say are the secrets to your success? Uh I've always looked at um, at life and saying that I I would rather take an opportunity that presents itself and mm-hmm. um, and jump in to the deep end than regret the decision of not taking that opportunity at all. So I've had the pleasure of working across five countries, um, across a variety of different uh, different types of businesses in the advertising and marketing space. So some of them were digitally focused, some of them are traditional and um, even just the, the opportunities of um, learning and meeting new people. Uh, I love to travel, uh, meet new cultures. And I think it's, it's all about the experience of life. Um, if we, if we spend too much time living in our own little box, we miss uh, what makes life meaningful, what makes it worthwhile living. So, um, yeah, I, I would say just take every opportunity that comes your way, grab it with both hands and uh, and experience it for what it's worth. So, Cody, tell me more about your personal story, your career highlights and also challenges uh, during the course of your career. Yeah. Well, there are, I think, two types of engineers. There are those who um, go through uni and they're like, I want a good paying job when I come out of this. So, you know, I'll go off into the workforce and, and do something that's uh, going to be, you know, exciting and whatnot. But they, they're built engineers. And then you've got those who were, who were born engineers. And I definitely fall into the, the category of the latter. So when I was four or five years old, I was pulling things apart, setting the house on fire, getting electrocuted. All that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I, I remember the parents sort of sitting down having the discussion like, wow, our, um, our condolences, but I think we've, we've had an engineer for a child. And so I, I started building computers out of, out of junk shop parts that I bought with my, my pocket money back when I was in grade two, three. Um, then uh, in, in Australia at that time, we, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, aerospace background. There wasn't that many exciting things going on. So uh, I always wanted to be a robotics guy. And it was when I went through high school that I found out that the University of Queensland had a mechatronics engineering degree. So I signed myself up for that, did my maths in high school and whatnot. And um, I studied mechatronics. And I did what every other person did when they came out of uni around that time. And I, I joined the mining industry. So for a couple of years, I was, I was working, on, uh, working for a coal mine. And I, I wasn't particularly loving it, so I decided um, to try for Boeing, an aerospace company. 
And I got to work on some ground-based platforms there for a little bit before I got to go and work on some of the the air-based autonomous systems, which is a really exciting project. That's where my love for for R&D and aerospace really came from. Pretty soon after, I, I started to realize by being a part of the Boeing ecosystem that there was something going on in space. It was a little bit hush-hush and whatnot. And I realized that the industry was also building in Australia at the same time. So uh, it was at IAC, I think it was 2017, 2018, that we announced our space agency finally after, after what felt like decades and uh, decided to go back to uni. And I did my master's in, in space engineering at that point. Um, having been like three quarters of the way through that degree, uh, I, I got picked up by a, a small satellite company called Fleet Space in South Australia, where we uh, we essentially rebuilt the entire fleet IoT network. So that was new cloud software, new ground hardware and software, new satellites, new IoT sensing nodes, like the whole system. We rebuilt that from the ground up. And... Uh, to talk about a, a highlight of my career, the, the one of the the most exciting things, and I'd, I'd done you know flight tests on on jets and this sort of thing. I loved it, but um, when we first connected up all the parts of that system, satellite flew overhead, ground station connected to satellite, satellite connected to IoT box, and when we saw data flowing all the way through that system, that was absolutely one of the most um, fulfilling highlights of, of my career so far and and i loved it we we, we rebuilt the whole network took about two years uh, i went and did some time working for the space agency so uh got my got a little bit of a feel for government and what's that's like what it's like working with the regulators and whatnot and um and then i i was in south australia and i wanted to move back home to brisbane so i came and joined gilmore space as uh, as a senior launch vehicle engineer and now i i head up Everything electronics related, so the software, the electrical, the GNC, and the avionics, all of that stuff's in in my wheelhouse now and uh, absolutely loving it. So when you're looking um, and assessing aspiring entrepreneurs, what do, you, what do you look for in those people? Yeah, sure. So either, I mean, either, either at venture partnering at, at Antler or being an LP in a bunch of different funds and angel investing myself is mm-hmm. it, like we always, you always look for – you know, you back the founder, not just the idea, right? And the founding team or the founders are are the most important part of the chemistry set. So have you got somebody who understands the space that they're going into? Is, you know, have they got either subject matter experience, great background, or a thorough, um, you know, research understanding of that? And then paired up with, has somebody got the, you know, the technical capability and knowledge to actually build something that's that's going to work? And have they got mm. the grit to get the job done? The really good thing about Antler, I think, I like the Antler program, is that it's, it tends to be a pairing. So each of the cohorts, you know, it can be sort of 60 to 100 of, of people, but the cohort comes in and oftentimes you're sort of marrying one person who's an industry specialist who's spent a long time maybe in, in a particular vertical understand, and they know it inside out. And then you find somebody with great technical knowledge and prowess. And then those it tends to be these pairings that are the most successful. Mm. And, and it's really good. It's a, it's a great program. It's, they call it a day zero investor, right? So it's a creator rather than anything else. It's a really good program. So the journey of going helping those people from a real seed of an idea to to stress testing it and, and you know building maybe an early version of the product all the way through to what's the first IC or the investment committee 
and then write them their first check that enables them to spend time and develop the idea and, and really get the first version of the product through the door. But yeah, when, you, when you're looking for those teams, you're looking for ability to execute, subject matter expertise, do they have the grit? And again, it's the same kind of values what I always look for in, in our team is a team that's going to join and you know work in a full-time job in a business that I might run. Is you know are they adaptable? Mm. Are they knowledgeable? Are they worthy of trust? Are they going to sweat the details? Are they a good person? Are they going to someone going to go and buy them a coffee and cake because they're really they've been done something really nice this week? So I nicked that by the way because it's 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 actually a value at Dropbox called Cupcake, and it was would okay. was would somebody do something that was so good that you'd buy them a cupcake? But I just renamed it anyway. I'm sure Dropbox don't mind. You are clearly, Yaz, a very passionate person about everything you do. Um, so what really drives you? You know, that's an interesting um, question because I would say just then I was in a positive way triggered um, by the word passion. Like it's consistently been what people say about me. Passion, passion, energy. Um and so I think what drives me is I'm quite forthright and I like things done well and I appreciate like that virtue style of life where I want to do the right thing by others and myself, of course. And I just want to, I just, I want to, I want to, I love pain. I want to stretch and I think what drives me is that I'll say a competitive spirit that doesn't ever compete against other people but wants to be competitive with how far I can stretch what people say you can do. Like can I be an 80-year-old marathon runner? Yes, I can. Can I live till I'm 120? Yes, I can. And I suppose what drives me is maybe even a little um, surprise and delight that, I have a really big capacity to be able to function in spaces and places that would otherwise really be difficult for people to move through. And mm. I think I'm supposed to be that one of those people that can move through the difficulty and then mm -hmm. design a way that's easier for everyone else to to go through the same experience I think that's what drives me I'm supposed to at the heart and core of you know anything from just I think efficiency drives me and just trying to make things easy for people so that we can all get more done and maximize the time we have left on this planet together and your app so it's free which is great yes. um and how does it work how yeah, do how do I use it? How do the uh, listeners use it? Definitely. Thanks, Nicola. I'm glad that you asked this question so I can, you know, talk about how it works and operates so it's easier for the viewers uh, to use it. So the the, the app is, uh, you know, free and it's out in the market. It's available in the App Store and Play Store for both for iOS and Android users. And um, it's easy and quick download. And as soon as the users download the app, they um, can sign up uh, using their mobile number, which is unique identifier. So it's not, you know, you have to provide an email address and then it's the junk box and whatnot. So you just provide your mobile number and uh, it sends a PIN number. You enter, you validate that you are yourself and say, Nicola, yeah. 
and it lets you in sign up after signing up um, users obviously will sign in uh, you will see five different uh, unique tabs at the bottom so uh, starting with the family tree itself that's the core product we have with the family tree we have uh, implemented an algorithm uh, in such a way that you can add your immediate family members like your parents uh, your partner your kids brothers and sisters now that is the the core family which is the, uh, the immediate family we call it with kissing and uh, so it's like a, a circle representation we've also added a big uh, plus symbol in inside of those predefined so you, we have predefined all the nodes you could connect possibly with your immediate family members. So you just have to tap on the plus, boom, it pops up, enter the name for father, mother, and so on and so forth. We also have added a, a smaller plus symbol next to each node, which means you can click on that and add their family. So you can add, click on your sister's smaller plus symbol and you can add your sister's partner, kids, and father's parents, which are grandparents, and mother's parents, again, grandparents, maternal, paternal. So it goes on and on. The the best part of this algorithm, what we have done is, for example, let's say you sign up today, uh, Nicola, and you add your partner, kids, and then your sisters and brothers. Your, they will all uh, receive an invitation. Hey, Nicola has added you as a sister or brother or partner, mom, and so on. And they will receive an invitation on their mobile number because when you when you add uh, uh, your anyone, in a family member, you would enter their mobile number because they're immediate family members, right? So then they yeah. receive an invitation, which is genuine. Nicola has sent an invitation. Okay, I'm going to download the app, sign up, sign in. They will see the whole family tree, which they don't need to create again. So if your partner signs up and signs in, he yeah. will see that your kids and your sisters and your parents are already added to his tree as in-laws and sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws and son and daughter and so on. So, and then when he has his family members, for example, all his family members are added to your family tree. So it is an automated algorithm which we have done after different trials and whatnot. So that's the family tree tab and followed to the uh, family tree is the moments page, which is similar to sharing your moments. So you can upload photos, videos, just wishing someone birthday and whatnot. And you have the control who could see this and not. Same as the family tree, you have privacy controls. So your tree is yours. You can say, I just want for myself or for my immediate family members or extended family members or public. So it's up to you to decide which one. So you have the control as a user. Same with your posts. You can control who can see those posts. And um, and the third one we have is one-on-one chat at the moment. So because it's, you know, it's in the early stages, I have, we haven't done fancy of group chats and whatnot, but we have started small so we can build upon. So at the moment, you can re- reach out to anyone saying, hey, by the way, it looks like we are connected. Can we connect? Because your son of or daughter of someone, blah, blah, blah. And then you can chat one-on-one. And then uh, we also have events, which is the fourth tab we have, which where you can host your daughter's birthday party or, or invite anyone using the app immediate family members again, or anyone uh, overseas, things like that. So you can host a party, they can wish everyone, everyone can wish, jump on, wish, and so on. And last but not the least, the latest addition to the app now recently is uh, a, a talent pitch video creator. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, so 
you can tap on that um, video button and then you know you can start recording your video up to three minutes where you could pitch in your ideas for example not more than ideas you could do anything in that video but you can say hey i'm talented in a b c d things or you could say i'm looking for a job i'm a project manager i've worked with telstra i've worked with seek and you can also, the best part of it is you can edit those uh, companies' information, technology, your position titles, so it would appear on the site as you speak. So it is more of like a video creator, which can be used for job seekers predominantly. And then uh, the best part is they can also download the video and post it into any social media, including LinkedIn. So it's a three-minute pitch video about themselves, which you know pretty much gives the recruiters an idea of the candidate. Okay, so this he or she has worked on it. ABCD technologies, companies, good, I want to reach out to them for a job opportunity. So so that's what this app is created at the moment of. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review. The Don't Just Survive Thrive podcast is part of the Spotlight series, which includes the YouTube channel Spotlight on Software Development. If you want more insights into the software industry, particularly purpose-led tech startups and scale-ups, then subscribe to this channel. Thank you for listening. Until next time.